it's Crystal. Hey, it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between. Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Hey guys, welcome back to the next Intentionally Human podcast. Uh, We are so excited to be here. It's the last week of February. It's been a crazy month, lots of things happening, but we are so happy to be back and connecting and sharing this show with you guys tonight. Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I am very glad to be back and be in somewhat of a routine (laughs) after this last week of freezing weather and just emergencies happening all over Texas. It's really nice to just sit down and connect with you, Crystal. I know, poor thing. We've been trying to send you good vibes and lots of prayers from Florida since we didn't have any winter Arctic blasts here. (laughs) Um, We just, our hearts go out to everybody in Texas and all of the other states that were totally impacted by this just Arctic blast that I'm sure our northerner list, our listeners in the Northern states may be prepared for those kind of things, but all of these folks down here in the South were just, this was unreal for them. So glad Mm -hmm. things are starting to return to normal. You guys are starting to warm up a little bit. Power is being restored. A lot of folks are getting back to healthy water or having access to healthy water. Mm -hmm. Um, Yay, yay, yay for that. Definitely. That has been, you know, (laughs) everything's bigger in Texas. (laughs) Not always a good thing, (laughs) but, um, I I do feel like we're coming back pretty quickly and I know that a lot of people are in it for the long haul, but we always take care of our, of our own. So it's going to be fun. Uh, Fun's not the right word. It's going to be really humbling to see the communities come and really build each other back up again. We do it all the time during hurricanes. So I don't feel like this is going to be any different in those efforts. And it's always really neat to get to witness because you don't kind of, you don't see that kind of like humanity and compassion a lot. I think sometimes we forget that it's still out there and exists. Oh, absolutely. That sense of community is huge. And I know that we like here in Florida have sent a lot of linemen and, you know, trucks and things like that out your way uh, as fellow hurricane um, (laughs) survivors over here in the state. Like we always seem to return the favor back and forth when there's an electrical issue. So I was really happy to see all of them lined up on the highways and headed out that way to help uh, restore power. Never thought we would have to deal with this kind of a thing outside of hurricane season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) we didn't either. Love to see the resource resources being shared. Lots of um, like fundraisers and donation things already set up and established to kind of get things back to normal in Texas. Because even gas and groceries in certain areas are unavailable. So definitely going to take a little while to get back to normal. But I think we're on that path, which is nice. Definitely, I think there's a good majority of us that are breathing easier and. You know, we talked sort of about that community and all of that, but I think right now, like for me going through this, I live alone and all of like my people, my tribe here in Houston with me, were also going through the same thing. So there weren't a lot of people that I could lean on because we were all just in survival mode. And that really 
kind of brought up some feelings of loneliness and the, just that desire for human connection that I wasn't expecting to happen. You know, I really pride myself on being independent and being able to withstand a lot of stuff, but uh, it was, it was much of a test when I was laying in the cold and in the dark by myself. I was, I was not feeling okay with being alone in this moment. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And I, that's probably a component of this whole experience that a lot of people haven't even thought about or even considered. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, um, had told my, one of my friends, you know, she and I have been talking about living together next year, just to have a roommate and to have somebody else and just have some sort of companionship. And this really solidified that for me. I was like, I, I definitely want a roommate. You know, I know that we can do this alone and all that, and that you shouldn't need anybody or have like an unhealthy codependency but it is nice to know that you're not alone when you're in the face of a crisis. And I think it doesn't even have to be a crisis, just having those right. connections and wanting somebody or others to accept you and connect with you. is just, a, it's a really innately human thing and a human want. Absolutely. And I think so many folks have discovered this over this last year with COVID and the different things mm-hmm. that have kind of kept people separated. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I have a family, I have a, a husband and kids that live with me. So that aloneness isn't always an issue, but speaking to others at work in different places where they're like, I haven't physically touched another human being and, you know, almost a year. And that really hit me hard thinking, wow. I mean, just that, that desire for that physical touch, that companionship, that, that connection with other people is so huge. And we sometimes forget that there are people out there who don't have that. Um, And that really makes me think about kind of where that need comes from and where it started. And I I think back to, you know, being a child and starting school and wanting to have a a friend group, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or being accepted amongst your peers. And I just think it's a really, kind of interesting dynamic uh, when you think about how we try to fit in and that that need for connection, um, that need for acceptance from others. It's such a huge component for human beings. It really is. I, you know, being around like younger kids right now and seeing them, whenever you might get onto them for like a safety thing or anything like that, you know, their immediate reaction is, oh, you don't like me. So let me do something to get back in your approval or fit in again. And so like, where does that stem from? I've always been so curious, you know, I know that we, you know, you and I both have degrees in psychology. So you learn about attachment styles, but even kids with healthy attachment styles still have that urge to apologize, to be accepted. That's not an unhealthy attachment. That's very normal. Um, yeah. And it starts from such a young age, you know, babies crave human touch. They say that you know, children in the NICU do better if they have somebody holding them and getting that skin to skin, like all of that comes into play. And I don't think that it goes away once you're out of the baby phase. You know, I create yeah. human touch. I, I love it when people hug me. I love being able to like be touchy feely. It's, and I wouldn't say that physical touch is my love language. That's probably the last one on my list as far as the love language goes, but I really do. I feel the need to like hug coworkers sometimes. Like you just, Aww feel like these urges, you're like, Oh, that's not appropriate <laughs> in the workplace, but they're having a bad day. And I want to do something that makes them feel better. And I think touch is such a way to communicate that, that we take for granted. 
Yeah. I mean, I am not a touchy feely kind of person. I might want to call HR on you if you hug me at work. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But I think that need is still there, right? And that connection. And you're right when you, I think about like my own kids and them at school and think back to my own experience as a child. I mean, you see it all the time, like that need for connection and acceptance Mm -hmm. sometimes makes us do silly things. Um, You know, like being the smart kid at school if that doesn't get the attention they want or people start making fun of them, like you will see kids like stop answering questions and withdraw because they don't want to be looked at as different from their peers. They don't Mm -hmm. want their peers recognizing them as different. And so I just find that whole concept really interesting. And you're right. I don't think it goes away. Um, as you get older, I think even as adults, we still have this need to be accepted or part of a group, whether it's at work or socially, mm-hmm. you see it all the time. And I think the biggest example of that, that really sticks out for me is this new, um, hot mess mom culture. You know, we yeah. all know the hot mess moms, right? The ones that maybe don't have it all together, show up to the parent pickup line, you know, in their house slippers, <laughs> hair in mm-hmm. a crazy bun, just kind of disheveled, unorganized, right? I mean, and let's face it, we've all been there at some point in our lives. We all have those moments, right? So we can relate. It's definitely a relatable concept, but we've really kind of switched into this space to where we we celebrate it, right? Like, and you see moms compete at it, like, oh, you think you're a mess. Like my kid ate cereal three nights this week and you know, Oh really? Well, well, you know, (laughs) we forgot piano practice three nights a week, which I don't know who does piano practice, but I'm sure there are some families out there that do (laughs) not in my house. I mean, the, the idea, the concept of it, right. Is that somehow or another, we're now connecting with these other moms who have hot mess moments But instead of it just being moments, it's a lifestyle and I, you know, a way of life. And I just find it really interesting that we would celebrate kind of these, I don't want to say failures, but like these humorous shortcomings, right? Like we really attach humor to it. There's movies out there. Yeah. (laughs) All about the moms. moms. Yes. (laughs) And so those moms who seem to have it all put together, who, you know, are dressed, have their makeup done, their kids are well-behaved and, you know, dressed nicely and have their lunches packed and are on time. Like we somehow attribute negative qualities to them. And it makes me go back Mm -hmm. to the schoolyard, right? Like the smart kids, who do we pick on? The smart kids, not the dumb ones, you know? No, I, yeah. Not that humor is is always, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying we don't tend to like, you know, celebrate them, you know, the same way. Mm -hmm. You aren't, you aren't on the playground being like, oh, you got a D you're making fun of the kid that's a nerd or the kid that likes science or math or whatever. Yeah. And you, I mean, you really kind of doing that as adults, like you're making fun of the person who overachieves, who goes above and beyond, you know, even non-moms, you know, you see that in yeah, it's not even overachieving. It's just achieving, right? Like you had a moment where you had everything together, like go you, but we don't look at it that way. I, that is such a a good observation. You know, even when I think of it through the lens of like men, oh, well, this guy's really successful. 
it's not he's successful because he's worked hard. It's he's successful. So he probably gave up something. He gave up a family or he gave up being a good dad or he gave up being present. Something has to be taken away for you to achieve something else. And I don't think that that's really true. They're not mutually exclusive. That, you know, you can be successful and be a great family person. You can be a great mom and, and have your crap together, get all the kids to practice on time and still want to wear leggings. That doesn't make you a hot mess. That just, maybe that's what you're comfortable in. Or you could be the mom that wears high heels and skinny jeans and has done it for the nines who looks like you may not have a lot to do with your children, but you're the one rolling around with them on the floor, playing dress up and letting them do your makeup, you know, behind closed doors. It's really like you're changing yourself in those moments to fit in with what society has deemed you to be acceptable for that connection. Yeah. yeah, And I think we are so clicky. I know. Well, and I think it stems from almost like a place of envy, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. when we see somebody who has something that either we feel we don't have all the time or that we, you know, we don't feel as we're as smart as the smart girl in class or we're not as put together as that mom showed up today. I'm over here in my messy bun and look at her and her high heels and her full makeup, right? Like it's almost a place of envy. And I think that envy creates distance, right? So we feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're not like that. So therefore I can't bond with her. Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, look at her. She's having a great day. Cause tomorrow she might show up in her yoga pants and a messy bun. It just happened to be today. She had time and got it together. Like we don't look at it in like a, from like a realistic point of view, we look Mm -hmm. at it from how it makes us feel in that moment. And then we react. So now we've, we've labeled this person as the high achiever. Look at her. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything in common with her. Cause look at those heels. I can never rock those or (laughs) whatever it may be. And so now I, I just look at it as, are we pulling away from that concept and that kind of like bonding over achievement because in that moment we feel envious and separated. And so since we're really just after like authentic connections and in that moment, we don't feel it for that person. So now we've just responded that way Mm -hmm. and how like, almost dysfunctional (laughs) is that approach in that mindset. Do you know what I mean? Like it really doesn't serve us, but in the moment, it's what makes us feel good. So we run with it. Yeah. It's, it's really almost for me, it's an unhealthy mindset. And I will say, I have been guilty of having that mindset for most of my life. And it is something that I actively have to combat. I am the first, well, I I am (laughs) not trying to be, but you know, there's a lot of times if I am not feeling great, if I'm not feeling my best and I like meet this person like at the grocery store and and, uh, she compliments me, you know, instead of going, Oh my gosh, like we could be friends. My first thought is, Oh, like, why are you talking to me? Like you look so much like now I just like, you're making fun of me or you almost take it as like, it's too personal. I take it too personally. It's like almost like somebody else's achievement means that I'm going to have to fail, which is not true. There's plenty of room at the table, but it is a lot easier and it's safer in theory. It feels safer to not have as many seats at your table. You don't open yourself up to as many heartbreaks or troubles, you know, friendships are work. 
So creating new friendships, there's going to be some animosity. There's going to be some times where it's not easy to be friends with somebody because it's a relationship and relationships are not always good and they're not always fun and butterflies. And, but that's the beauty in them. They're human. And it, it's something that grows and changes over time. And, you know, if you are always looking at somebody and just looking for the easy route, you're missing out on really great opportunities. My best friend, for example, I think I've told, I've talked about her on the podcast before we were not friends at first. I had prematurely (laughs) judged her and was like, Oh, she doesn't fit in with my style. You know, she's in a serious relationship. She's like really smart. She's an engineer. I'm like a social service, social justice warrior. Like this is not going to ever be a friendship. (laughs) And if I hadn't like gotten vulnerable and kind of been pushed to be in the same friend group as her for a while, I would have missed out on having that connection and that friendship. And how sad is that? Like that really is horrible because I looped her in with a group and it was like, well, I'm not in that group. That's not my, that's not my tribe. This is my tribe. And yeah. we do that so quickly now. I, and we, I see it at work too, like in the professional mm-hmm. setting. And I think not that it doesn't happen to men. Cause I think it still happens to men, but I think we see it a lot with women to where we feel like we have to dull our shine. Like we can't, we don't want to be seen as too assertive or we don't want to be seen as bitchy or something like that. So we, we approach projects differently. We approach meetings differently, mm-hmm. we may not speak up as much in meetings because we don't want to be perceived a certain way. And I think just this whole dynamic of not wanting to put our authentic self out there, like not trusting the world to accept us really doesn't do us any favors. And it just continues to perpetuate the cycle and keeps us apart. Right. When at the end of the day, really all we're searching for is acceptance and connection, you know, like authentic Mm -hmm. bonding with other human beings. And we're not really approaching it from the right realistic way to achieve that goal. Not at all. And I think so many times when people hear the word connection, they're thinking this, like it has to be this lifelong, amazing thing. It doesn't. Connection is really just a moment. You know, if it's talking to somebody and sharing a story at the grocery store, you know, with the cashier and you got something good out of it, or, you know, if if it was just a moment that you enjoyed, that's a good connection. If it was negative experience and you think about it and it kind of changes the way you think that's still a really, there's like no such thing as a bad, well, there's probably bad connections, but (laughs) for the most part, like they're learning experiences. They're a way to like interact with other humans and expand your worldview. And that's so cool. And we should embrace that. And it does not have to be some crazy, like, Oh, (laughs) we're going to be friends forever. Like that's, I hate that when you're like, Oh, best friends forever. Like just be best friends or just be friends. You don't have to be best friends. Like it's okay to just be friends with somebody too. Yeah. And I think that we can really leverage kind of our experience with 2020 and now obviously 2021, which is shaping up to just mm-hmm. be a continued ride on this crazy roller coaster um, <laughs> as a way to really kind of dig into this. Right. Cause so I've experienced this too, like being a sports mom, when you get around with other sports mom, when you have, when you have parents who have kids who play a lot of sports, I mean, like it's a legit thing, right? Like there are a ton of practices, there are games, there are tournaments, there is travel, there's all kinds of stuff in it. So us moms, like it's really easy. For example, ran into a a mom um, at a practice 
couple of weeks ago. Our kids aren't on the same team this year. So it was like, oh, hey, how you're doing? She instantly jumped into, oh my God, like I'm so exhausted. Like we've had practice every week. We've had this, we've had that. We've gone through the whole list. And normally I would just jump in and be like, oh yeah, me too. I got you. You know what I mean? And that's what how we bonded. And I, maybe it was because I was exhausted that day or I've maybe have had some self-growth over this year, which is what I'm really going to attribute this to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I was just like, oh man, it sucks for you. You know, like, sorry about it. I got to go. But it's the same thing. Like you try to connect and you're trying to, you know, one up each other a little bit on who's more busy and who's, you know, got more going on, who's more committed to their kids, who's sacrificing more of themselves, right? To make sure their kids Mm -hmm. get to all of their stuff. And at the end of the day, it's like, nobody wins from that. Like, I'm not winning. I'm not a better mom because I'm exhausted. And I, you know, peeled myself out here to the ball field. No, it just is an example of that moment in time. You know what I mean? And so for 2020, what's really helped me is that we were able to slow down and take a step back and realize, you know what? Busy doesn't mean good. Busy doesn't mean better. Mm -hmm. Busy doesn't mean, you know, that we are connecting more, that my kids are are having a more fulfilled life. It just means we're busy all the time. (laughs) So, you know, trying to take a step back and realize, yes, my kids are still going to play sports and that's still something that's very important to them, but they don't have to play every sport. We don't have to be busy all the time. So now we have a busy season versus just a busy life. And for me, I just think that's so important because it's helping me to connect with others in a different way Mm -hmm. and through a different lens and saying that, you know, like I'm here and I'm listening to you and we can connect, but I'm not going to celebrate that concept anymore. Like, I don't want to bond with you over busyness and who's more busy. Let's find something else to bond about, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so kind of trying to flip that discussion a little bit saying, Oh, well, what did they do at practice or how did he play? And like turning it more around something that I feel is more valuable or more important versus just that concept of being busy or that concept of being a hot mess mom. Right. Maybe trying to adjust that model and celebrate those things Mm -hmm. that are a more balanced approach. We're all going to have those moments. We're all going to be a hot mess. Right. Like, I mean, this this, uh, messy bun's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But on the days where I like have it all together and I'm like, oh, look, I fixed my hair today. I put on real clothes, this virtual workspace. Like, look, I have real pants on today. It's not just rocking pajama bottoms, right? Like I'm going to celebrate that and be like, you know what? I got this. May not do it every day, but on the days that I do, (laughs) like, let's, let's celebrate that. Why is that something that we would look down upon, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, it's really connection, not competition. I feel like that's like yeah. a mantra because even like I, when I'm thinking of like conversations with my friends, like there's times that we'll have super deep, really meaningful conversations where we're really connecting, but there's other times that it is very surface level and it is, it's not like we're actively competing, but we are, it's like, Oh, I've had this going on. I've had this going on. Well, let me tell you about this. And right. You know, you do need your tribe to bitch to Sometimes you have to vent and you have to bitch and it's okay. But other times it's like, I want to celebrate your good. I want to hear what's, what's going on in your life. I want to hear about something cool that you learned recently, or let's get deep. You know, I feel like I'm going to bring it to dating now. <laughs> just going off the That's okay. know, ping pong and around, but I feel like with dating, especially on first dates, you, you, that's when you really get to see like those connections happen and they could just be that night. They could lead into relationships, what have you, but you're not, you aren't comfortable enough to have that competition yet. 
you're still trying to get to know somebody. So you really are taking the time to step back and connect. You ask probing questions. You ask things that like you haven't asked your friends in years because you're not dating them. You're not trying to get to know them. You feel like you already do know them. <laughs> right. And I, it's so much of that. Like I'm, you know, maybe, maybe we should date our friends. And I'm not saying like in a romantic way, but like go out to lunch with a friend and talk to them. Like you would so, like a stranger, get to know them again. You know, you probably yeah. learned something about them or something that's changed that you thought you knew for so long that you haven't known. even family. I can't tell you how many times I've called my parents and just like, it's been the competition back and forth. It's like, Oh, we're so busy. We're doing this, this and this. And I go down my list of what I've been doing. And it's like, we basically just listed off how busy our life is. We didn't actually connect Right. And, and really get anywhere with that conversation. I bet <laughs> you're basically like my Alexa, who I'm like reading off my to-do list. With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Comparing to-do lists. Well, you know, that mm-hmm. isn't, that is a concept that they do in marriage counseling. So, um, you know, people change and people grow and it is a different perspective and way of life as you get together more with that relationship and having to explore it further. And so it is a go on a date with them, ask them questions again. Don't just assume that you know what they're going to say or what they like, because it might've changed. Um, But you're right. As we get to, you know, in those relationships for longer, we don't ask those questions. We just assume we know. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a huge difference in, you know, going through somebody's day or somebody kind of being, that like competitive or like hot mess moment, you know, maybe they're searching for more in those moments and asking questions. Maybe they're wondering, you know, like, I want to connect more with you. And how do I do that? And in those moments, maybe we can be the ones who take that step back and say, well, how's your heart? You know, you're, you're saying all these things and it sounds like you're really stressed out or you, you know, you're saying that you're stressed out. Like how, what's, what's the root? Like, let's get a little bit deeper than just surface level, you know? And I, that's, I am not always good about that. Sometimes after you told me all of your stuff, I'm just like, okay, that's a lot. (laughs) I can't take this on right now, which is also okay. You can look at somebody who's like unloading on you and just go, I don't have the mental capacity to take this on. Yeah, which I and, think is where we've a lot of us spend our days um, here recently with everything that's going on in the world. Our energy levels are just low. <laughs> and that's okay. I feel like so many people just feel like they have to work at 100% productivity or they have to be like 100% on. And oh God, that's freaking exhausting. Yeah. You know, you and I came into this recording tonight both being like, I'm not 100% on you know, I'm going to try and give you 75% and that's the best I can do tonight. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes too, I love the saying, don't mistake being tired with being uninspired. And I feel like that really comes into play a lot this last, you know, year or so to where we are tired. We are exhausted. There's so much going out there that's depleting our energy, but I also think there's a lack of inspiration happening too. We're because there's so much negativity and uncertainty in the world that a lot of folks are feeling uninspired. And that can be exhausting too, because there's nothing to kind of spark that momentum or, or get that creativity mm-hmm. going, which really helps to enter, re-energize us. So I think there's just a lot to be said with checking in with yourself and kind of making sure that you're in a space 
to feel vulnerable, but also to be accepting of others and Mm -hmm. to start celebrating some of the little stuff. Like if somebody is doing something that you feel envious of, right? Like, oh, they got a promotion or, oh, look, they answered that test question right and I missed it. Instead of being envious or feeling like, wow, that person's better than me at this moment in time, thinking, you know what? That person did something really cool. We should celebrate that. It's their mm-hmm. moment right now. It's not my moment and that's okay. Like my moment might be next week and I might get it right or I might get the promotion or I might get that new project and I would want them to cheer me on and celebrate me. And I don't know that we always do that. I think we feel that tinge of envy or jealousy or whatever, and kind of interpret that as something negative against ourselves. And that's such a tough space to be in. It's not a personal attack. I, you know, I've shared this with you. My younger sister got engaged. Yes. Yay. We're so excited for her. Yeah. So excited. (laughs) Um, but that was something that I, that you and I had talked about, you know, not on a recorded part podcast, but it was something I was like, I think this is going to come up and here it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had that where I was, you know, I'm so, so excited for her, but it, at first and probably will continue to, you know, we're so close in age. We have been competitive for most of our lives. Um, I felt like I was a little bit of a failure because I wasn't engaged yet and I'm the older sister. And I just was like, looking at this imaginary checklist and I wasn't checking the boxes as fast as she was. And it just, it felt like a failure for me, no matter how excited I was for her, there was a piece of me that felt like a failure. And that's crazy. Her getting engaged has nothing to do with me. Like, yeah, and it's like, I, we are beyond thrilled for her. I, I am so excited for her to get to start this journey with her fiance. And the fact that like at the beginning of it, I wasn't just full throttle excited because there's pieces of me that were guilty that are not guilty that were jealous. Like that makes me feel guilty a little bit that I like kind of held myself back from being as excited because I can't get out of my own head enough and out of that competition enough for it just to be a really great connection and a moment to share with them. Yeah. And it is tough because I do think we, here we go. We compare ourselves to others a little bit, right? And we say, oh, look, they've achieved that. I want that, but I'm not there yet. And then we feel all of these range of motions. What's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Did I, you know, why haven't I made that move yet? Like, where's my opportunity? And we get a, mm-hmm. we get a little self-absorbed at times. <laughs> um, and then we yes. get caught up in that emotional web, you know, like I think of it as like a spider web of emotions, right? Within ourselves where we're like, we're going through all of these motions and none of them are really serving us in a positive way, but it's still something that we naturally feel and we can't ignore it, right? Like we have to acknowledge it and kind of process through it. And I think it's okay that you feel those things as long as you can not react just based upon how you're emotionally feeling in that moment, right? Like it's okay to be like, wow, they have that and I don't, and I really want it. That's a different space than they have something I want. What's wrong with me? Why are they better than me? Mm -hmm. You know? And so kind of working through that so that you, your actions aren't then jaded (laughs) by these negative Mm -hmm. perceptions and self-talk and things like that, that we're telling ourselves. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it sounds so simple when you're talking about that. Oh yeah. Like, why haven't I gotten it? Like going, like to going, they have that. I'm excited for that. It's going to happen one day. It takes it from like a negative feeling to a positive feeling. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, one of those affirmations that I tell myself all the time is like, what's meant for me will come to me. And that really is true. Everybody eventually gets, gets what is meant for them. It just, sometimes it's not your time. And what a blessing that is sometimes, because if you had the things that you wanted when you wanted it to be your time, dear goodness, you probably would not be as happy. I know I wouldn't be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Think back to when you were like a young adult or a teenager and you're like, oh Lord, please let me have this or please let this particular mm-hmm. boy like me or whatever the case may be. Imagine if those things came true and then, oh you really weren't getting what you wanted. You were getting something you thought you needed or something you thought you wanted. You Mm -hmm. were in love with the idea of that, but it really wasn't meant for you. And that's- Yeah, and I think that goes back to the connections, you know, like the schoolyard connections and that desire for human connection. You know, I so badly wanted to be the popular girl in school. And even in college, you know, you had those groups of people in college that everybody knew about, they were popular. I was not that person. I was never meant to be that person. I'm too shy. I love like one-on-one conversations and connections way too much to have a large group of people always around me. Cause for me, I can't create the connections that I need to feel fulfilled, but man, if I would have been in those groups and all that, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Cause I, my life would have just completely been different. And that would, you know, looking back now, I'm really glad that I wasn't in the popular group and that I had the path that I had because now we have this connection and that's how it was meant to be. And I don't feel that competition anymore looking at, you know, those girls on Facebook and things like that, because it's not a competition. It did feel like one in high school, probably even up until college, you know, seeing how we were all doing it at the different colleges. (laughs) now it's just a celebration. Like they, you know, people are married, have kids. They're not, it's just cool seeing people do their own, their own thing. Yeah. I think for me, I kind of relate to like being a mom. Like I always had this idea of what I thought a mom should be and what I thought a mom should do. And so it's trying to do it all Mm -hmm. right. Like you're trying to work, you're trying to come home, you're trying to cook nutritious meals. You got to join the PTA. You've got to be there for all the practices. I mean, it's like you had to be there for all of these things. And it was so hard to keep up. Like, I mean, I know that there are, there are moms that do it and I clap my hands. I bow to them, whatever you guys are fantastic, but I couldn't do it. It was so stressful. And so I had to really sit back and say, okay, what's, what's really important to me? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the space to keep up with all of this for every single child and do all of the things that I need to do at work and to keep our household running and all of that stuff. So, I mean, I had to like sit down and like check myself a little bit (laughs) and say, okay, you know what, throw out the should, what, not what should you be doing, but what do you really want to be doing? What Mm -hmm. things do you brings you joy? What things really bring you connections with your kids? Because that's really ultimately at the end of the day, what I really wanted, right? Is I wanted to feel like I was connecting with my kids and giving them all that they needed to be successful. So out went the PTA and got time for the PTA. Sorry, love you to all the parents who join the PTA and do all of the cool stuff for the clubs and the school and the games and all of that good stuff. I just can't do it. (laughs) So I'm out. I am not the PTA mom and that's okay. I have learned to accept that. I will definitely dish out some cash and donate money to whatever event you guys are planning, but I won't be there to plan it. I can't do any more fundraisers. I just don't have the time or the mental space to take that on. And I get Mm -hmm. that it's important for the school and it does some great things, but it wasn't fulfilling the need that I had 
for myself that Mm -hmm. I thought was the most important for me to feel connected to my kids. My kids didn't care one lickety split. If I was at the PTA meeting, if I was part of the fundraiser, like they didn't care. They They had no clue. They were like, whatever to them. It was just mom's now been pulled away from us for an hour or two to go do these meetings and do all of that stuff. And so I think a lot of it just comes back to really checking in with yourself and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. what's really important. You go, you go through all these lists. Oh, why am I not married? Why didn't I get that promotion? What, but do you really want it? Or is it the idea of it that you want? Is it the things yeah. that you think you're supposed to do or the things that other people look at and put on you and say, Hey, you're at this age, you should be here. And then I getting it right. So yeah. Good. Yeah. I, that, that's been something that I think a lot of, um, my friends that I've talked about is, you know, it's always been like, Oh, I'm going to get married. I'm going to get married. But is that what I really want? Or is that just something that I've told myself forever? Like, I love the idea of marriage and having that partnership and all that. But when I look at my lifestyle and what I enjoy and what I'm doing constantly, I'm not really making like trying to settle down and get married a priority. <laughs> I do my own thing so much. I don't even know how I would seriously date somebody in that space to like connect with them enough to know if I wanted to build a life with them. I'm just terribly busy and I love it. That's what I really enjoy doing. I like having my hat and so many different rings, but if I had to give that up right now, it would, I would be resentful if I had to give up podcasting or baking or trying to like get promotion, you know, like I would just not enjoy, that's not what I'm wanting. And I think that does stem from like connecting with yourself, you know, because we desire human connections, but we also need to connect with ourselves because you still need to have that relationship with you. If you're constantly looking for connections outside of yourself and never looking within, you miss an opportunity too to have like a really great connection and friendship there as well. Like you should be your own best friend or I'm not going to say you should. Uh, for me, no, it's about to call you out on it too. <laughs> I, know, I heard it, but for me, like, it's really important. Like I have best friends, but I really am at the end of the day am my own best friend. And that's something that I really want. And that's something I work for. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I, can you really yeah. have authentic connections with other people if you haven't really connected with yourself and you don't really feel comfortable with yourself and in your own skin. Like, I feel like you can have friends and you can have connections, but I'm not sure that they're always authentic and really genuine because you're always trying to fill the should, mm-hmm. right? Like here's who I'm supposed to be in this situation, or here's who the person I'm supposed to show up as to fit in with this group or to be part of this group. And so it's not really, it's not really genuine. It's not really authentic. It's just some superficial, you know, kind of relationships or connections that you're building. And so I think that's where a lot of people fall, especially in our younger years, when we're trying to figure out who we yeah. are, um, and which group we fit in with, right? Like we kind of fall into that space, like, oh, I like what they're doing or I like how the people see that group. So I'm going to try to hang out with them, but sometimes that doesn't work and we just don't fit and that's okay too. Yeah. I think that is something that I really went through, you know, in high school, I had a group of friends and then in college, I had a different group of friends and didn't really talk to my high school friends anymore. And I have a, like a handful of people that I still talk to from college but we went through that stage together of really finding ourselves and becoming authentic together. And we just happened to still match. There was other friends that when we became authentic, it was like, Oh yeah. Like we were, I I don't want to say friends out of convenience, but that's kind of what it was. We were just around each other. We had the same classes. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to like belittle friendship, convenient friendships. I think a lot of times growing up being in the same class as a Yeah. And it's not that they weren't beautiful friendships and all that. They just, their season ended. And there's some friends that go through multiple seasons with you. And there's some that are just there for seasons and that's totally okay. And that doesn't mean that you had a negative connection or that the ones that continue with you through the rest of the seasons are any better because again, it's about the connection, not the competition. Yes. So I just read an article the other day about this whole connecting thing. And like, have you ever met Mm -hmm. somebody and right out of the gate, like that initial conversation with them, you just felt like you were really connecting and we're like on the same wavelength. I think we've all had those moments, maybe not as frequent as we would like, but we've all met that one person or that, you know, had a conversation. We're like, bad, like she just gets it or he just gets it. We're on the same wavelength. Well, they've done studies Mm -hmm. about this, right. And about how there may really be some legitimacy to this, that we are on the same brain wavelength and the way that our brain um, functions and the neuron snaps and the synopses and all of that stuff, the way that pattern is within your brain may align with somebody else's. And that's why you guys feel like you're on the same page or making that connection so instantly. And so I just found it really interesting when they looked at the study, they found that um, those people who were friends had similar wavelengths and then the separation of friends. So maybe it's a friend of a friend or somebody that somebody else knows or a total stranger, those wavelengths Mm -hmm. will be different. And so your wave patterns um, are not as similar, which is why you're not as close of friends. And so at first the researchers thought that it might be like some social variables, right? Like maybe they're Mm -hmm. the same ethnicity or they were raised in the same you know, area, their same age, those kind of things, which would create that, those similarities. So they did the study a little further and, um, you know, accounted for those variables in the next round of studies and found that none of those made an impact, right? So it wasn't people who were the same age or the same ethnicity, the same gender, any of those things. It was really more about how the wavelengths that their brains make and how their, um, I don't know how their synopses are, or how their neurons fire. I don't know exactly all the technical terms, but anyway, it was more along exactly how their brain chemistry worked um, mm-hmm. that helped them with their perceptions of the world and how they perceive things. And those people who have those similar perceptions and, and viewpoints, right, tend to get along. So I just thought it was really interesting that we really could be getting along with people based upon the way our, our brain works. That is so cool. I love that because I love to tell people, oh, we're on the same wavelength. And yeah. now I don't feel like a like silly person <laughs> saying that because, yeah. it's, you know, maybe it's true. Now I feel like all of those dating apps, that's what they're missing, right? So if we go back to our yeah. online dating discussion, we need some sort of brain mapping <laughs> um, to be oh, able yeah. to test, you know, who's going to be <laughs> on the same wavelength or not. Oh my gosh. You know what though? You can feel it because I have going on a lot of first dates, there's some where it's just like, oh my gosh, there's, there's no connection. Like we're just not meeting at all. And there's others where it's like, I feel like I've known you for so long. And it's a little bit scary because you're like, oh, like maybe this is just like first date. And if you're, you know, I feel like sometimes I could get along with a brick wall. Um, (laughs) So it's like, is this really a connection (laughs) or is this just like, I'm like on my best behavior, they're on their best behavior. But when you get like, 
yeah, you just, it's just, you don't, ex- you can't explain those connections. And maybe the explanation right. is the wavelengths. Like you couldn't really tell somebody like how you're best friends with your best friend or why you're still there. You just start. Right. Yeah. And I think that it, that aligns with, you know, how we grow and develop as humans, right? Like when we're younger and we're figuring things out, we're still developing. And so I'm sure mm-hmm. our brain mapping would probably look a little different than it will in, you know, 10 years when you're a little older and have a little more experience and things like that. Hormones are different, right? There's so many things that happen within our body that can, you know, change our brain waves, mm-hmm. um, which might make sense for why some people connect when they're younger, but don't connect when they get older, you know? And like you said, those friendships end or their season is over. I don't know. It's just really interesting. And now I feel like I need to do a, like a brain map of me and my husband and see how similar they are. Yeah. (laughs) Test the theory out a little bit, but I just find it really interesting. And maybe we need to connect with your friend that created a dating app and be like, Hey, (laughs) we have an idea (laughs) for you. We figured out the missing piece. (laughs) I love that. I would even say like you and I have always been like, oh, we like have the same wavelength because we do, we have very different lives. We have, you know, we have a difference in our ages, our upbringings, Yeah, but there has just been this like connection that can't really explain it, Yeah, but it's it's the same wavelength. It's always been there. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have the same interests all the time or the same political views or the same religious views. Like all of Mm -hmm. that can be different but you still have that connection. We still kind of, and we've always said, oh, what's the way we process information, which maybe we were onto something with that, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it's the way our brain functions and the way it works. We're on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. It makes me think of people that have best friends from different countries or that are, you know, married somebody from a different country that is totally different social upbringing, family style, culture, and they still have that really deep, amazing connection and no wavelengths. I feel like yeah. you just solved a lot of mysteries for me in, in one article. Dang. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll send it to you <laughs> so you can read it. Um, I, I don't know that I've solved all the world's problems, but I think that it's very interesting. I would definitely like to do some more research and learn more because, you know, you hear so many things like, oh, opposites attract or, um, you know, you, you have to make sure that you have these things the same for the mm-hmm. relationship to work. Like there's all of these theories and ideas out there, but you always see exceptions to each one, right? Like there's always be like, oh, well they, you know, they're opposites and they didn't work or they have all of the same interests, but they just have no passion or whatever the case may be. And maybe that's the missing piece, right? Like it's, that's what needs to align is your wavelengths and not necessarily your interests or your way of life or how you were raised or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that totally, you know, in dating around, you meet people that like on paper, it's like, they're perfect. This is everything that I've ever wanted. And then you just get together and it's not there. There's no chemistry, even though they're attractive. It's just like, what's missing? So dang wavelength, darn wavelength. I know. So I don't know how you build like a portable wavelength machine so you can be on your first date and attach, you know, like electrodes to each other's heads or something. I don't know, but <laughs> does it that might scare very... some people away. Yeah. yeah. It's not as romantic or cute, um, that clinical component, but it would be interesting if there was a way to do that in a more romantic way <laughs> to check the wavelength. Yeah. Out. 
you know what, we need to submit that to um, The Bachelor as a date idea because they would totally do that as a group date on The Bachelor. Oh, I bet you they would too. And they would totally spice it up so it looked super, you know, crazy. Oh yeah, everybody would be like in lingerie doing it. <laughs> I know, I was, I was seeing like formal wear, <laughs> like tuxedos with electrodes or something, you know? Yeah, we were not on the... <laughs> <laughs> I went the girls totally their, opposite. Yeah, their girls, their electrodes would match their their dress or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. with flowers in their hair or something. I don't know. Yeah, That's this so is why I'm not in marketing, but <laughs> that was the visual <laughs> that came to mind. Bachelor, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't think I'd be in family friendly marketing. <laughs> I'm just like throwing out. I know. You're like they'll be in their lingerie. <laughs> with electrodes now I'm scared what's going on in your mind Jessica oh gosh <laughs> it's a little dark in not there not a lot today <laughs> not a lot today unfortunately um <laughs> I didn't even oh, listen to funny. podcasts on the drive so <laughs> not not a lot going on that is just oh, you know I, I love talking about connections because I think it's such a broad topic and you look at any relationship and it's so different and this is you know, again, why we really got into the podcasting because we were looking at connection styles and the communication styles. And yeah, it's really just something that I want to continue to explore. I know that, you know, we're, we're running out of time for this episode, but you know, as y'all are listening in, if y'all are, you know, thinking anything around like connecting or the competition piece of it, or even wavelengths, write to us, let us know what y'all think. You know, we're on Instagram and Facebook and we'd love to get y'all's feedback you know, do you feel like you also see people that are on the same wavelengths as you when you like look at your friendship group? Do you think that you're on the same wavelength group? Do you feel like you have that competition versus connection in your daily life? Then, you know, is that something that you want to actively work on changing? So keep coming back with us with comments and stuff. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, I do think another one that would be interesting to look at is like the connection people have with their pets and how mm-hmm. that varies from humans. Um, I don't know if anybody else is as weird as I am that thinks that's just really fascinating, but um, there are studies that show that like people would, like some, like a lot of people who have pets have more pictures of their pets than they do their spouse or um, talk more to their their pets than they do their spouse. And I just find that super fascinating. And I just wonder if there's any studies that have to do with like the brain waves <laughs> and the connectivity yes. between animals and humans. So maybe that'll be a future podcast, but I'm throwing it out For there sure. as an idea, as a comment. <laughs> yeah, if you're on the same wavelength as your pet, let us know. Maybe we'll get you on for an interview. There you go. <laughs> it was National Pet Day, I think last week or some, some days oh, that we yeah. missed, but- we love pets too. I miss them all. Yes, we do. Well, we're so happy to be back and to be dry and safe right now and warm. So thank y'all for sticking with us for another episode. We'll come back at y'all in March with new ones. And thank you so much for making it through January and February with us. I can't believe we're going into to month three. I know it's so exciting and I'm really excited for March. We got some really cool stuff um, that we're going to be bringing to you guys. So stick with us. Um, And like Jessica said, if you have some ideas or some comments um, or even just some topics that you would like to hear us chat about, uh, send them our way. Yes. Thank y'all so much. Bye. Bye guys.